hello, our friends. That sounds really weird. <laughs> hello, our friends. <laughs> How are you? We're advertising livingfearlessdevotional.com because I didn't have a frame that had the names on the other side. Just, oh, in, case, no. just in case you're wondering. So then but, that means there's going to be no cussing. No. Okay. <laughs> no, you're not agreeing to that? <laughs> no. I can't, I can't say. I, I, I don't want to lie. Let's work the lie or cuss. I do not endorse Living Fearless Devotional being on the cussing show. But I'm just going to say, while you're here, go to livingfearlessdevotional.com. That's our podcast that we do usually in the morning, uh, and we read a, a devotional. Currently, we're in my utmost first highest, so go ahead and go there. I'm Andy. This is Hedia. Um, and because we don't do this show as often, and we may have a few new people watching on some of the other channels, um, first of all, uh, I'll go first. I know it's women go first, but you, your resume is far more impressive. So <laughs> I want to say the best for last. <laughs> um, so I was a police officer for 21 years. I, I was a canine. I um, got very involved in canine work. I got involved in tactics and SWAT uh, team deployments, training police officers all over the world in tactics, especially when they involved canine. Uh, I, w I also was an observer in the helicopter. I was a detective in sex crimes. And then following that, I ran, ran a, a company where we trained police dogs for departments all over the world. Um, I eventually um, became an expert uh, in expert testimony, testifying in court cases involving law enforcement, from federal cases to state cases, and then cases in Canada and the United States, uh, which I currently do. Um, and so that's just to give you an idea of my background. You, you Hedia. How about your background? I don't know. I I worked in it was a particular niche field uh, for a while, but before that, it was known as countering violent extremism. But it's basically terrorism prevention. So building uh, domestic and international public-private partnerships between law enforcement and communities to prevent terrorism. So I've been a federal contractor for twenty plus years under five different presidential administrations. And um, I retired a couple of years ago from FBI headquarters where I was building a terrorism prevention program for the 52 field offices. Awesome. And, and when you say you worked under presidents, you actually were in meetings with them? Um, a variety of meetings with them. So as a federal contractor, depending on what agency I was working mm -hmm. for, they um, often had uh, direct contact with the president based on the, the level of the program. And both Republican and Democrat. Both Republican and Democrat. Uh, you work with General Flynn. Yes, my very, very favorite. Well, I heard something really nice about me. I heard he, somebody mentioned him because I was uh, a Muslim at the time, and of course I'm now saved by the grace of Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, a mutual friend of ours uh, told him, "Hey, did you do you remember Hedia?" And he says, "Yes, of course I do." And he said. Uh, he said she's accepted Christ and she was saved, and he uh, had a big grin on his face, and he said she was one of the best analysts I ever had. Nice. Yay! Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So the reason I wanted to start with all that is because we're going to talk about um, the worst president in our history, which so happens to be the one who's in power right now. I mean, now now I didn't. I didn't live during Tate. Uh, uh, you know Taft. I was a Tate. <laughs> Taft or any of those other ones. But I'm sure we would have heard that they were pretty Carter. horrible. Carter was bad, but he wasn't probably as dangerous as his current president is. We have a lot going on right now. We have a border crisis, which they're not willing to admit is a crisis. It's a catastrophe, which in my mind is worse than a crisis. It's a catastrophe. 
Um, we have uh, still issues with um, teachers unions, which have overpowered uh, every uh, aspect of our uh, of our government, including governors and mayors, where they've been keeping children out of school, making them wear masks. Uh, I, I'm really con uh, wondering what's going to happen now that the CDC has lifted the mask requirement for being inside and outside completely. Um, and so it's really going to be interesting to see how they continue to try to keep our children masked. Um, we have. Um, uh, I think that I think the economy issues related to the mask and the closed down, yeah. people going back to work and stimulus checks and all that. Yep. We have people that pay people to stay home. Yeah. So, and we have more jobs available than we've ever had, and nobody's taking them. And they, and they say it can't be because we're paying them to stay home. They're denying that that has anything to do with it. We have the bombings in Israel from Hamas, sending thousands. I think it's been over fifteen hundred bombs have been sent into Israel. And you have Elon. What's her name? Elon, what's the, Elon Musk, the no 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 the, 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 what's the lady the the congresswoman? Oh, I, 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 Elon Omar. I always get her name wrong. I think it's because of Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Omar. Yeah, Elon, I was like, wait. <laughs> and then Talib and AOC saying that the the, the Israels are the Israelis. The Israelis <laughs> are the terrorists. Yeah. That they and the, and they're going. What the heck are you talking about? Israel's our friend, right? So we have that. We have, uh, and then we just had a cyber attack, which closed down the colonial uh, pipeline, which has now caused um, uh, gas shortages uh, and um, uh, some gas stations completely run out of gas. We've had people fighting at gas stations, which takes you back to the Carter era. I was a kid at the time, and I remember sitting in those lines with my, with my dad, and we had a gas station near our home, and he would park the car in the morning, and he would tell me to stay in the car, and he would go home and do whatever for a little while and then come back. And the lines wouldn't move for hours. And based on, I think it was the the last number in your license plate, they have even days and odd days. I remember that. If, you're, if your license plate ended in no, an odd I'm number. I'm so much younger than you, I don't know how. <laughs> I was maybe an infant in the car seat in the back, maybe. Yeah. So those are just a few of the things. There, there's more, obviously. Um, but I brought up uh, the issue in regard to the cyber attack, which caused the pipeline to be shut down. Now, you being in counterterrorism, working in the area that you worked in, you immediately said, this, was, this is the thing that you are most concerned about in your role. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is and... Uh, sure, because, well, of course, in, in counterterrorism, we're always worried about it being an external threat. And my specialty was from um, Middle Eastern countries, from Muslims, Islamic terrorists. But uh, the, the biggest concern is that because our infrastructure is so heavily dependent on electrical goods and power, that um and i i'm glad to see that amy's on because amy like likes my prepper show so <laughs> this is gonna we're gonna do a little more prepper stuff in here mm -hmm. because that was something that we often talked about was why people needed to be prepared because the supply chain the food supply chain and gas and everything else is very very dependent on electrical systems and mm -hmm. at the time when I was looking into it, we were concerned about EMPs, uh, electromagnetic pulse bombs. So basically, it's it's a pulse that they send that'll blow a system. Mm. So uh, a cyber attack is slightly different. It's basically just hacking the system mm. so that they shut down, but it doesn't destroy the systems. An EMP would actually fry the systems. Wow. And it would be very difficult to put back in operation. But you can see when we could just simply shut down one pipeline, 
one very important pipeline, just shut it down, and asking for a ransom. Apparently, the company paid the ransom of $5 million. Oh, did we discover who was the... The Russians. It's a, it's a company out of Russia, and I forgot the name. Somebody knows the name. I'm sure Carol knows the name or Amy. Listen, it's the name of an organization. They, they're, they, they're trying to uh, pass themselves off as some type of Robin Hood organization, where when oh. they get the money, they give it out sure. to people. That's their thing. But they're based out of Russia or the Russians. What was the company that, uh, what was the anonymous? Wasn't, uh, that, didn't that, wasn't that a similar theory? Yeah, they I weren't so. um, blackmailing people, but they claimed that they were doing it on behalf of the people. Yes, yes. But this organization, and the, but the company paid. The, the, this is the, the problem with a weak president. They, and I'm going to get to more of the weak president stuff, is that the company has to deal with this themselves. And you have a high-powered or a, a high-dollar company that has the ability to pay $5 million. What's next, right? The Southern, Cali Southern California Edison is essentially a, a private a, a company that earns billions of dollars on our backs right. <laughs> here in California. And they simply could also pay a ransom if they're attacked. And what's going to end up happening is, the, is, the, is a snowball effect where these companies are going to say, hey, we can't, we can't wait for the president to do something. They well, can't make a decision. They, he, he's a sign, and this is where I'm starting to get with the, with the administration. It's both Kamala Harris and, and this idiot, uh, that they do nothing. They simply think by doing nothing that's going to solve itself. We, that was, we, Obama's, we see, that was we, Obama's methodology, too. Oh, my gosh. You can see it at the border, right? They, they, they told her however long ago, a month ago, over a month ago, to go to the border, and she's yet to go to the border, that there's nothing happening. And so, again, a company's going to say, hey, we can't wait. Two or three days for this nitwit to make a decision we're just going to pay the ransom uh, on some level i don't blame them but it's it's a horrible practice to pay a ransom for anything well the u.s policy as a government is we don't negotiate with terrorists right. so if that policy changes that opens the floodgates for but a stronger pair what, what i have a feeling trump would have done was to call putin because you know they're best friends and they you know work together uh, you know? but he would have called putin and said hey those people are coming out of your country, find them and do something yeah. about this right now. So right. there's ways of doing it without, you know what I mean? With, through a strong presidency, Absolutely. putting pressure on the country that is holding them. I just like when Syria um, attacked during President Trump, he blew up the airport right. without warning. Yes. He's just like, that's a, that's a warning shot. So with working with these presidents and you say, you know, I'm so happy that you immediately called out Obama, because <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask you. Oh. Like it's, a, it's this thing like, let's just not do anything. Maybe I can get away with this without having to make a decision, without having to bomb somebody. But then he, he keeps us in an endless war, does nothing about it either way. Exactly. Right? And it just continues, more Americans have to die, more um, you know Pakistanis have to die, because they're just so unwilling to make a decision, because they, they, they're, you know, what happened with Trump when he said he's gonna pull out the, you know, the, the soldiers, everybody goes crazy is pulling out the soldiers, right? Everybody has their own view, but you need a strong president to say, I don't care what you're going to say. This is the right thing to do. Bring our troops home and I'm going to do it. Um, if there's uh, an attack from somewhere in Russia and we have a feeling that Putin might know who they are, Putin, you take care of it or else there's going to be consequences. Well, I mean, look at just the, the facts of the rise of mass casualty attacks in the mm -hmm. first 180 days of Biden's presidency. So I think it was up like 200, 300% since he took office. Mm -hmm. And also um, there were very few, if not any that I recall that made the not, uh, the headlines here of uh, rocket launches on Israel during mm -hmm. Trump either. Yep. So a strong presidency deters terrorism. 
you were amazing. Ah, he's like, you can read my, read my mind. Because that was the next place I was going to go. And so we can barely, very clearly see what Hamas is doing. He was like, well, what's Biden going to do? Nothing. Right? Biden wants to give Iran $90 billion. Who's funding Hamas? Iran. Iran. Or Iran, sorry. She's been trying to teach me how to say Iran forever. Uh, but you're going to give $90 billion to the country who's paying for Hamas to bomb Israel. And Biden's going, you know, you know. Well, because in actuality, the reality is, and I'm going to take this back to a God-centered country, because mm. when you are founded on your biblical values, I don't care about the man, I care about the principles. So the principles are we protect Israel because they are God's chosen people. And, and we, as, as Bible-based people, protect and honor um, the Jews and the Israelis and the land of Israel. But when you're under a godless administration, that has no value. So you don't mind if Iran takes the money and, and gives it to Hamas and bombs the Israelis. Good riddance as far as they're concerned. That was Obama's policy too. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What was absolutely. that What was that, that you and Obama were in a meeting together and somebody brought up? Oh yeah, oh, well it was our counterterrorism, it was our prevention, uh, the CDE strategy. And we had a big White House conference. People came from all over the world. And so we had a meeting with, uh, with President Obama the night before for him to prepare. And there was five of us, three of us were Muslims um, from, one was from Morocco, one was a young guy talking about the youth movement and me, and then two others were terrorism experts that were non-Muslims. And um, we basically laid out why the threat was so severe and why it was so important for him to act. And he said, after us talking for about 45, 50 minutes, slumped in his chair, looks over at us and says, well, you know what? I just don't get religion. <laughs> we looked at each other and we're like, wait, why are we here then? I mean, because we're talking about the power of religion to get people to do things they wouldn't otherwise do. Mm -hmm. And then he says, all I know is I'm not going to let people drag me into a war with Islam. And so it was just like, okay, well, this is moot. What is the point of having this discussion at all? Because if you're going to start the discussion with, you're, this is a war against Islam, you already got the narrative wrong. Right. Um, and so and that's the important thing, and I, um, you know, to understand about a president has some intelligence. You have a, we had a president who was a businessman, understood business, ran the country like a business, which was the way that it should be run to begin with, uh, understanding that government cannot run anything, whether it's our healthcare system, whether it's um, our schools, obviously, right? And so he understood that. Um, but also understanding religion is so important as a police officer to take us back to a police officer uh, level is that that was one of the things we've talked about before, where we were trained to understand the different, uh, uh religions. How do you deal with Cultural. something? Showing the bottom of your shoe to a Muslim, is that correct? Mm -hmm. is, 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 a, is, a, um, offensive. Extremely offensive. Right. Shaking uh, the hand of the woman in the house before the man is offensive. Like we were taught all kinds of things, whether the Hispanic home, about religion, about understanding the different things that we need to know when going into a different culture. I mean, in a Muslim house, you shouldn't even shake the hand of the right. woman. Right, Yeah. Or even, you sometimes even acknowledge them. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, and then that sometimes it, you, would, it, you would do just to upset people sometimes. As you that <laughs> My friend Jim, you know Jim, yeah. he loved doing that. That was his favorite. Because he would see it, the temperament of a person by getting a rise out of them. Right. <laughs> and so you have to know both. And so when you look at the level of a, uh, uh, you know, a global 
uh, aspect of being a president, you have to understand religion. Maybe you don't get it. I don't know, but you have to understand it. What's happening in the Middle East? Because it's it. all you about to like it. Right? It's all about religion. It. It's all about religion. It's everything it's, in the Middle East is about religion. This country is supposed to be about religion. The the the, the pilgrims came for religion. Oh, you had that idiot! Oh my gosh, he's just as bad. He's almost as dangerous as Biden. Yeah, uh, Biden's just a, uh, he's he's brainless. Yeah, he's just brainless. He was dumb to begin with. I mean, he he cheated his way through school. Through university, he plagiarized even as a as a student. Is the word on the streets? He plagiarized as a, um, a when he was running for president. Got caught. Um, he uh, he's a flat ass liar. Has always been a liar, and he's never voted for you know in the right on the right thing for the right reason for anything. He's always been on the wrong side of every vote in a, in the Senate. Um, and here he is as our president. So um, as we uh, uh, we're talking, oh, we're talking about Israel, and we have then we have these Congress people. I don't know how we got these people into our and said some of the dumbest people on the planet and some of the most dangerous people again on our planet so we have a dangerous president with some dangerous congress people right saying the control of the congress. right you and then if we were just look at what's happening there on the gaza strip and and israel is that you have hamas um and hezbollah right they're, they're not necessarily working together but they they do have the same desire oh, to destroy israel Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the, the commonality they have. They're just but, at different ends of Israel. Right. So they're sending thousands of bombs into Israel, and they have to because they're trying to get past their iron their iron dome, is what they call it, the iron dome. So they're trying to get a couple through. So they're sending thousands, and they don't care where they land. Right? They just go, we're going to send them all these different directions, and hopefully they're going to cross up these this iron dome that's supposed to be protected, which actually works pretty good. They get like 90-some-odd percent of the bombs up in the, the missiles up in the sky. And so it's an indiscriminate way of, of trying to kill people in Israel. They don't care who they kill. They're yeah, not even going after military. Just, right. It's just it's strategic to instill fear. Right. On the other side, Israel is both intercepting the missiles, but when they do attack inside uh, Palestine, right, um, what they have is something called, I wrote it down, door knockers. Jack Hibbs talked about it last night, and I saw something else today that Amy actually sent me where they talked about it, again, with a, a, a mirror Servati. Um, and they're called door knockers. And so because uh, Hamas, for instance, is shooting missiles out of, say, an apartment complex or out of the middle of a hospital, mm -hmm. that's where they're sending them out. Yes. Right? So now, you know, Israel's going... You know, we can't just bomb the hospital because there's civilians in them. There's children. They're even doing it out of schools. Awesome. And so that they what, out of what on Israel, this is amazing. This is, uh, you have the Iron uh, Dome, which is fantastic. Obviously, it's, it's intercepting the missile, but they have something called door knockers. And it's a bomb, a little tiny bomb that doesn't hurt anybody. It's kind of like a flashbang. And they, they send it over that building that they're going to bomb. And they go, and it, it's, they call it, they knock a bomb like 15 minutes after that knock. They know that the bomb is coming to destroy the building. And so uh, the knock warns the people inside to, to evacuate and get out. And they have far fewer casualties because they know. The Palestinians know. They know what a door knocker is. The door knocker means that building is about to come down. Wow. And they, it's, it's a, they, they've done this for years, supposedly. So the, uh, the thing I saw from Jack Hibbs earlier today was from six years ago when they were talking about the door knockers. And then last night he talked about it again. So this is the difference between Israel... And, and the Palestinians and Hamas.
and Hezbollah is that they don't care. They are a terrorist organization. They are trying to terrorize yeah, a country. That's the thing. It's what's the end goal? Right. And you have a, an, a, a Israel, a, a country that does care about life, who's, who's only about you know destroying the, the locations where they're sending out bombs. And they're still it. concerned about the civilian counties. Yeah. And, they, and yet you have these congresswomen calling Israel the terrorists. Again, our friends. And during a period of time for the last four years, as uh, Carol brought up, is for the last four years we've had peace uh, in, in the Middle East. They, they may not like each other. They may hate each other. They may want to kill each other. Historic peace. Yes. The peace between the UAE and Israel is historic. Yeah. It's the first time in history. And between the Saudis. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and yet all they're talking about right now over on CNN and MS, uh, DMC is um, is about this Cheney and how much uh, how much. Uh, uh, the crisis of the Republican Party. So the Republican Party is in crisis, but the border is not. No. The, the, the Republican Party is in crisis, but there's no crisis in the Middle East. No, <laughs> none that's worth talking yeah. about. No, no. The, you know, the, the, the gas stations, we really don't care about that either. But Liz Cheney, she is amazing. They love, the Democrats love Liz Cheney now. <laughs> and, they, and they loved it. They loved her father. I think that's also, it's a distraction, mm. Carol. That's exactly yes. what I was going to say is that I think it's so important for us to keep an eye on alternative social media. So mm. um, Andy's so much better at this than I am because I he just can't stand watching um, media reports. But he, um, there was one show that you were watching and I can't remember what report it was, one of the um, podcasts that you watched and they were showing clip after clip of what's happening in Canada mm. with the persecution of what I'm just going to call the white, the right. I was going to call it the white, which would, was synonymously could be the same. I, I called it in America. I called it the, the assault on white America. Yeah. But um, in Canada, it's basically anybody who opposes the radical left policies. And it was, it's alarming. So it's not just the pastor, the one pastor. There's three pastors or five pastors that are now subject to imprisonment or are in prison. Um, and that's for not closing their doors. The other thing to, to pay attention to in watching these videos is their police force. So here, our police force still has a stand down posture. In other words, whenever they go, regardless of what side is upset, whether it's the right or the left, they have kind of a hands-off policy. Mm -hmm. They're not using tear gas and bombs and stuff. Even in CHOMP, even in the places where it's most extreme, we have a kind of a stand down policy right now. But you look at Canada and the police were beating up protesters. I mean, they were treating them like you were looking at Tiananmen Square. Right. I mean, it was really frightening to me because in the United States, we haven't gotten to that stage. But I think it's very important for us as conservatives to keep our eye on that stuff because if it's in our, if it's so close to us that it's in the Canadian border, which is still part of the Americas, uh, mm. it, it may not be long before we see the same thing. And I think. The only thing that stops them from having that kind of policy across the board here is we're armed. Mm -hmm. Our citizens are Absolutely. armed. And um, we have a lot of us taken a vow to protect this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. Yeah. And the whole idea of militias was actually one of the founding purposes of the Second Amendment was that militias were to protect people against tyranny from the government, right. from the central government. And um, we are a republic, which is ruled by the people. And if the people feel that the central government has become tyrannical, then they have a right to arm themselves.
And it's yeah. just, it's really one of the saving graces I think we have now in this country that prevents what we're seeing in Canada. Absolutely. The other thing I just want to bring up just shortly is the 1619 project. And I think this all kind of fits. And I never, I didn't think about this before, but it, it's all about destroying our, our love for this country. Yeah, right? Doing, the, doing, doing the very best to take the Republicans, the conservatives, uh, maybe even some of the, uh, the independents or some of the other people that are still not libertarians, quite, libertarians that are have not quite gone <laughs> lunatic like uh, the left. Um, and really just trying to say that we are a horrible country. We've, we've been, our, our, whole, foundation our, our foundation is bad. The history of our country is bad. The history of our country is racist. And if you can really diminish even the history of our country, then we'll begin to soften up and really begin to feel guilty, which I don't, of, of anything that happened before I was even around. Our country is not a systemic racist uh, country. It is one of the most uh, open countries to all faiths and all uh, walks of life than any other country. You and I have traveled other countries, and there's no country like ours. Absolutely. <laughs> other places are dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely dangerous to uh, people that aren't the same color, aren't the same religion. Um, and so this all fits in. It really just kind of hit me today. Now, again, I, I think that I've, I've kind of known this uh, on some level, but today it really, if they can destroy even our, our, our history, destroy us as white people, Disneyland's even was even trying to teach white, uh, you know, that white supremacist, uh, white, white supremacist comes in, uh, you know, anybody that doesn't believe in BLM type of training that they were having, they were having essentially uh, this, the same type of training that, uh, what else was that? There was um, some other huge companies that were supporting it. Coca-Cola was saying that uh, Georgia was racist because uh, they didn't think the black people could get ideas. part of the wokeism. And, and you just really began now, it, it, the last the last thing they could do is really take away our history and our, and our love for this country. Well, that's, so, that's what I used to write about in terms of uh, the Islamic extremist groups is because they would take what was otherwise kind of indigenously normative Islam was being practiced. Mm. It was kind of open. It was much more culturally Muslim, but they had to, to basically call that heresy and destroy the social fabric in order to supplant it with mm. Islamic extremism. And so that same methodology, it's a communist Marxist methodology, we see being applied here. So the whole point of critical race theory and what is now the ethnic studies curriculum is that our foundation is bad, it's oppressive, it's it's basically uh, power structures that need to be dismantled. Yep. And folks, the power structure they're saying needs to be dismantled is God's power structure. Right. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and the biblical foundations that are uh, that are at the root of this country. That's what they're wanting to dismantle. <clears throat> yep. Uh, scarcely over was Port uh, of Prince Haiti. Haiti is a yeah, I don't nasty, know. dirty place. <laughs> I, I, I mean, even like countries like Egypt that otherwise were safe countries are no longer safe places. And my niece was planning to go visit and I was like, listen, you can't walk around in those little tube tops of yours on the streets mm -hmm. of Egypt. You know, either you're gonna get raped or killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Other countries, when you are not the race, the uh, the race of that country could be a very dangerous place. Right. And Christians are still getting murdered and, uh, you know, tortured Absolutely. in these other countries. Um, so the solution always, and again, will be to not always necessarily think so big. I mean, it's, you know, it's important to, you know, the vote in the big elections, but really honing in on what's happening in your own 
And be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. Be prepared. I uh, I was telling Andy the other day, like people, people say all the time, especially now in the in Christian circles, is people like, well, you have to trust in God. You, of course, have to trust in God, but you have a choice of living out a dangerous time eating um, tree bark or in an MRE, or, you know, freeze dried scrambled eggs. So it's it's basically having to really, really struggle during a time or just if you have the resources to just plan ahead in case in case disaster strikes, having a generator, having a good source of clean water, having a food supply to last at least a week. But it's these basic things that could make life um, a little bit easier when it's when times are tough. Yeah, I was actually thinking about the other day when I was filling up my water bottles. I was thinking, oh, we gotta get more of these water bottles. <laughs> yes, well, that, well, that's what those sparklets are in the garage. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, just collect spark sparklets bottles unopened. Oh, and then awesome. you got to change them out every couple of years. But that's why I have a sparklets water dispenser mm -hmm. and the bottles. Saw that. So I don't use the dispenser. It's just for emergencies. And then we could just buy more and more. Now that it's not just me and Sarah, we're going to need a little more sparklets. I know. Yeah. <laughs> six of us. Or seven six, total. Seven total. Um, what, what's another good preppy move? What, is there a website that you recommend? Have you gone through any websites lately? I know I should have asked no. before. Yeah, <laughs> I should consider some. And uh, <laughs> Dr. Kaczynski's asking what we're talking about. Talking about the worst president in our history. It's most dangerous president in history. And right now I'm talking about being prepared in case disaster strikes and simple disasters. So in other words, like if you look at what's happening on the East Coast, whether it's pipeline shutting down, I, I lived through the electrical storm in DC and we had no power for four days. And so after the first day, gas is gone. After the second day, food is gone. So always having emergency food supplies, even if it means keeping your refrigerator and your freezer stocked, mm. so at least you can make it a couple of days. Um, I personally maintain um, freeze-dried long-term 25-year food supplies because I found that a lot of people have this philosophy, I'll keep a bunch of nuts and beans, but they expire in a year. Mm. And then you're never going to go through that many beans and peanuts. People say, oh, I'll cycle through it. You never eat that much. So, what about stuff in cans? That's what I'm saying. Is most people buy like cans, but that stuff yeah. expires. If you read the labels, it expires in 18 months. Really? Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought cans lasted forever. No, they don't. They last 18 <laughs> months. So my food supplies, my emergency food supplies, last 25 years. Oh, wow. So you buy it and forget about it. What about tuna in the 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 the, 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 the envelopes? No. One year. Oh, darling. Man, I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> I would, have, I would have poisoned myself with, with metal poisoning or whatever. Whatever you, whatever you get from it. And you open it, it's rancid. You can tell that it's rancid. Uh, it's also important, I mean, especially in law enforcement, we used to always worry about having a go bag. And I personally, and I don't know if it's just my life or, or what God was trying to teach me, but I literally used my go bag four times. So it's after 9-11, it was during the electrical storm. And so a go bag has essential supplies um, medicine, things for um, like clothing and food and gas. So keeping five gallon um, gas things, you'll see that in the garage too. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just basic stuff. I, I had to evacuate, <laughs> I had to evacuate my house because of the fire. I saw those and I thought that you got those for like a, a lawnmower and I'm going, she doesn't have a lawnmower. What does she have these gas cans for? <laughs> Did you see the propane about barbecue too? Yes. Yes. And that 50 gallon water yes. purifier. No, I did. I'm so happy.
Yeah. I got you. I, the only thing I would have had that dove that has a nest up there, a speaker, that's the only thing I would have had to eat. I'd have to split that six ways. <laughs> <laughs> and the eggs made a little um, omelet on a little tiny dove. Yeah, egg. see, Carol lived in, in Virginia. See, Carol, when you live in those parts of the of the mm. country, you're like, whoa. It may, really makes you think, gives you the opportunity to think about, wait a minute, I just went eight days without power. What is this going to be like if yeah. it goes two weeks without power? Well, you see how quick that's happened on the East Coast with the pipeline. That with a weak president, you have people that are just now willing to, to do that. I was going to shut down this pipe. We'll get $5 million. They got it like that. And it's like a couple of days. And it shut down that area. They can't, they can't. It was affecting airports. Planes were having to fly in where they would normally not have a layover. They had to have a layer because they needed to get more gas because they couldn't could get a full tank where they were leaving from. Or they were um, rationing it so they can get enough planes to the next location. So how quickly our planes are affected, our trucking is affected. Trucks can't take goods to the places. Yet the people that were fighting again at the gas stations over, you know, who they cut in line and that kind of stuff. And it was, it caused chaos. Just one pipeline with a cyber attack. That's what I'm Caused saying. that much chaos. When you um, look at when you when you look into these things, if you have the foresight and the and the Lord's discernment, you're like, I need to plan. I need yeah. to plan what that looks like. And to the extent you can, always keep cash. Always have a stock of cash. Just try to collect it and forget about it. Not a savings in a bank, because I'll tell you in the electrical storm, which an EMP or a cyber attack would do, banks are closed. They can't open the vaults. They can't they can't dispense money. They can't do anything. So uh, in the electrical storm, within two days, people were panicking about money mm. because they couldn't access their bank accounts. You can't get into a safe deposit box, so don't think of putting it in a safe deposit box because they can't give you access. Even in COVID, people couldn't get into their boxes. Wow. And you've seen how psycho I get. I, Andy, I have this. I love it. I have this little suitcase, and Andy's like, "What?" what? I, was, I was like, "I don't ever leave that suitcase in my safe." And he's like, yeah, wow. You're she had a handcuff on it. She handcuffed herself. And I was like, what? What is this? What's happening? Um, and so this president's only been in power for four months. Can you believe that? This much damage to our country has been done in four months. I just imagine what next year is going to look like. Oh, no. And he's done. And they won't let him talk. They won't let him answer questions. You know, almost uh, how many times now has he said it? I think on six different occasions, I've heard him say, I'm not supposed to answer questions. They won't let me or I'm going to be in trouble for answering questions. Who's more powerful than the president of the United States? Who is this person that's telling him when he can talk? What my dad would say about me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Four months. We have four years with this idiot, and she's no better. I mean, if he, you know, something happens to him where he can't continue, she's not any better. They're always together too. Have you ever seen a president and vice president together this much? Like it's almost like she's there just in case. Yeah, for sure. Right? So she can step in. She's uh, like the backup quarterback. Absolutely. Right? And uh, constantly there by his side. This is not the, this pipeline and what's happening at the border. Also, this is just the beginning. Again, we've only been at this for four months. And so. Yeah. Look at seeing Carol saying, that's a good luck. Absolutely. Um, but been a prepper ever since that time. See, that's oh, what since those, Virginia. Yeah. See, yeah. those experiences will tell you that. No gas, no coffee, no ice, no batteries. I've got a lifetime supply of batteries, six, you know, uh, lanterns. Um, because what I discovered with the lanterns, folks, is that the, the lights burn. So you may have enough batteries. So I thought of the batteries, the lights will burn out in three days. So then I started to plan for the light replacements. So then you have to buy the light replacements for the lanterns. Otherwise, after three days, you're in the light.
wow, you're good at this. Yeah. <laughs> I can fix things. I can install televisions. I well, can, you're going to be fixing that yeah. water tank. I buy all this stuff. I have no idea how to use it. Yeah. I'm like, God forbid I have to ever set it up. <laughs> all right. Before. You take care of the water supply and I'll build a toilet. I great at building toilets out in the wilderness. Those are so important. Yes, I can do that. Need a radio. Yes, got one of those yeah. too. You need a... I just um, have a wind-up radio. I got to find need it. Need a hand. Yeah. I had a, a, what is it called, transistor radio. Yes. Where you don't need power. Yes. Come on. So you need an antenna. I said that to somebody once. They go, what's a transistor radio? Whatever. Definitely need one of those. <laughs> so I'm glad that was you and not me. Um, all right. So stay prepared. Continue to be involved locally. School boards, uh, so important. School boards, school boards. Since we've been talking, I think everybody's been listening to our show. Because ever since I've been, we've been talking about school boards, there's constant YouTube videos of school boards being, you know, members being fired, like, and walking out and protest. Uh, they've been getting schools open. They've been working on getting our kids out of these masks that they don't need to be wearing because they, it's just like less than 1.001% actually even get sick from COVID. This well, is a, that's a, the thing is that people that react that, so in California, we mm -hmm. had the restaurants shut down and they were finding a lot of these restaurants that mm -hmm. stayed open a thousand dollars a day where, the county I was in, Ventura County, they signed, they got thousands of people to sign up affidavits, basically suing the county government for unfair practices. And so as soon as they served all 5,000 of these affidavits, they dropped the fines against the restaurants. Nice. So it's, I mean, our system is built based on power to the people, but yep. we just don't use the power. Yeah, they don't get to yell and scream and act like little bitches. And then uh, we sit back and do not. Yeah, they're little bitches. Uh, so I, don't, we, I don't condone that. But like we it. need to be that way. We need to be loud. We need to be uh, constantly in, not in their faces, not like the Maxine Waters. I'm just saying constantly at these meetings. Just strong, speaking courageous, up, yep. truth. Opening our churches and, and going in and demanding. You saw, you're seeing what's happening in Canada with pastors getting arrested. The pastor, the Polish pastor. Uh, getting arrested in the middle of the street, handcuffed and taken out. Um, we do not, we are not going to let that happen. And again, the, the difference is that we're armed. Uh, there's plenty of armed people at our church. I wonder how many guns are at our church. That'd be uh, interesting. Countless. <laughs> I, gotta, uh, yeah, I, I actually think I would worry more about friendly fire in our church. Like if I heard some, if I saw some weird guy coming up, I'd go under my chair. Yeah, you got Because I'd be like, I'm gonna get hit by one of the dude behind me who just yeah. like can't see well but still is armed. You know? Yes. Yes. That would be more of a concern from friendly fire in the church than. And the the problem with Canada is the Canadians, the Canadians that have been there, that are raised there, not the the immigrants that have come in because they've gotten bombarded by immigration there. Just, it's yeah. it's not good. Um, that, that was, well, you know, mostly Muslims and mostly Chinese, um, Chinese um, uh, have, have just not really taken, have taken over that country. The Canadians, the ones that have been there for years are such nice people. They're like conservatives on steroids, like nice. Yeah. And they're, oh, you want my gun? Here. Like they, like we would say, what? But that's what gets you in trouble. It's the, it's the, 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 the polite and kind. We can be polite and kind. We can love people, but we, there's got to be a point. There's got to be a line in the sand that we're not willing to, uh, to give up our freedom. We're not giving up our freedom. No freaking way. The Canadians just have a history of being far too nice and they've allowed it to affect them. 
I mean, they, they, they can't, they can't say. I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'd like to rephrase that because I don't know if it's just too nice. I, I believe our principles defend our position. In other words, this country is founded on certain principles and we are willing to die to protect those principles and those values. And so it's not because they were too nice necessarily. Maybe they just didn't understand the principles. Maybe they weren't willing to defend the principles because they didn't understand them or they didn't appreciate them. I think what Americans appreciate is that it's our freedom is a foundational value. It is what makes us American. So it's just like going to one of those countries and being like, you can't eat your favorite foods anymore and be like, wait, what? How could I do that's part of who I am or you can't celebrate your cultural festivals anymore for us. God's gun and country, it's, it's, they're synonymous. Right. The second amendment, what our forefathers fought for to put these um, laws in place was based on these foundational principles and we're willing to right. defend them with our lives. I'm with you on that. Right? But Canadians are too nice. I mean, they can be too nice, but <laughs> they probably don't have the same principles. I mean, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm not as familiar with Canadian. I love my Canadian friends. I mean, I've worked with a lot of police officers in Canada for years and years. They're they're great people. Yes. And again, they know more about our U.S. history than we do. Right. Yeah. I don't know anything about. Canada. Hasn't gotten them anywhere in their country. They're all <laughs> shut down. I mean, it's just crazy what's happening there. I mean, they really they even shut down their internet. You think it's bad here with Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter? That's even worse in Canada. Wow. Um, and uh, and so and a few of them will pop on in here and there, but they say it's bad. It's really bad, even the, the ones that are speaking out. Uh, I want to say hi to the doctor. Okay, you know, where y'all from? We're from California. Yes. So uh, cal. California, yay. Uh, and um, yeah, too nice. <laughs> are you from Canada? He's on Twitch, by the way. That's why you guys can't see his comments on Facebook if you're on Facebook. All right. So get involved locally. Be, be strong in your faith. Be strong in what you expect from our government. Um, and really, our government just needs to do the basics uh, and not be involved in so much of the crap that they're involved in. They, they want control. Uh, desperately, they want control. And they're willing to well, do and Well, and the, what's scariest now is they want control so they can change it. Yes. Which is Power worse. and control. So it's like if you wanted to be in control and we share the same values, yeah. great. But you want to destroy what yeah. I cherish. And yeah, so I mean, the, the way they just joke about the pipeline being shut down. Oh, well, if you had electric cars, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal. That's what she said. That's what she said. And Biden goes, well, you know, it's a, you know, yeah, they paid the, 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 what he said. They asked him a question. Did, did you, what do you have to say about them paying the ransom? He goes, no comment. He said, no comment. And that's what he's another time where he probably that in the end they said, well, okay, I can't take any more questions. I, I don't think ever in history I've ever heard a president say no comment. No comment. He had no comment about them paying their rents. Wow. Yeah. They, they actually, it's like a benefit that they shut everything down. It's another way of them saying, see, we need to get rid of gas. We don't need these pipelines. But then the same person who said we should, uh, you, you should, if you had an electric car, everything would be fine. She's also one that said the only way, the best way of transporting gas is through pipes. And he shut down the pipeline. <laughs> I, God help us. It's a crazy thing. If they impose electrical cars and there's an EMP that goes off because oh. that's it. Well, How do you think they make electricity still. though? They, they, they <laughs> With windmills, didn't you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> One bomb. 
wipes out all those windmills in, in Palm <laughs> right? Springs. Exactly. All those Palm Springs windmills go down. They don't. They're they're they are they are so okay with the pipeline being shut down because it doesn't affect them. Yeah. The government did nothing to fix that problem. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The company paid the ransom in order to get it back on. Yeah. They did nothing. All right. Stay involved. Anything else? No. And so this was yeah. very positive uh, broadcast, by the way. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> well, the positive is prepping. We learned that Carol's a prepper. You're a prepper. I'm a prepper, too. Get that me a prepper, too. <laughs> I just made that up. I'm sure I'm the first one. Um, and we need to be involved in our school boards and our local governments and mayoral uh, you know, candidates and our, our representatives, our state representatives. We need to know who they are and, and follow up and make sure they're involved. And we need to demand that our, our churches not be closed. Amen. Because they're still not all open. No. Some of them decided they don't like to be open. No. We drove by a church the other day. There's weeds growing up. Uh, remember that church we drove by the other day? Weeds growing up. It looks like the sign is kind of hanging. Oh, it's just God. like this closed church. It's like a bad movie. Oh. All right. Anything else, Carol? Anything else? <laughs> Carol's better. And Dr. Krasinski. Krasinski. Dr. Kaczynski, wasn't he the one? The Unabomber? <laughs> Isn't that Kaczynski? <laughs> I don't know if you're playing on that word. Is that what you were thinking? You're like, why is that familiar? Why does that sound familiar? <laughs> I didn't know if it was the guy who did the, um, uh, where he allowed people to die. You know, people wanted to die. He was the guy. What's that? What was oh, that yeah. Dr. Think... Kevorkian. Oh, okay. Kaczynski, I think, is close like the Unabomber. <laughs> Lord help us, though. That's why we do the devotional every day. So if you're not watching our devotional every day, again, I will put it up here. Let's uh, see if I can find it quickly. Uh, there it is. Oh, Ta-da. Sorry. sorry, Carol, you're blocking. You're blocking my 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 thing here. All Psalm right. Psalm 19 or Psalm 91? Do you mean the Lord's protection prayer? Look at you. <laughs> Psalm 19 is good too, but a lot of us read Psalm 91 too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all we got. I mean we had a, a great devotional. If I don't say so myself, God, yeah, 91. Uh, God really spoke to us today, I, yeah. I feel. Um, and it is listening uh, for God's voice and prompting and, and paying attention to when the Holy Spirit is moving in you. And clearly, for 50 some odd years, I ignored God. But it's God. reassuring that he was speaking. I thought it was. You like, were hearing. I thought it was the parakeet that I had that was talking. And I, and I ignored it, but no, I mean, but there were times when you didn't hear it, there were times listen. and I did listen and I did, but I didn't know it was him. Yeah. But now I know to give him credit because it, it's so strong in my memory bank, which is really funny he's because my memory you. is horrific on some issues. No, but he's calling it to your memory. Oh, anyway, the devotional today, uh, just, uh, just get into a devotion. You don't have to watch ours or go to livingfearlessdevotional.com. Um, but, um, I'm just saying, give it a chance. Give give him a chance, and uh, and, and read his word, get a devotional, and see how it might change your life. Uh, it's definitely what we need moving forward to stay strong and to not be fearful. The the, the last point I want to make is that what they are banking on, including the nitwit that's in the White House, is that the fearful people will will be just that and will give in and and look for the government to save them. To save their their house, to save their you know and their family, to save their their medical needs, that they're looking for the government to do that. That is really, uh, as really um, counting on the fear 
being so strong that you're depending on the government to take care of and it. And I and what I loved about what Pastor Jack said last night was such an important observation is that he was telling people, please don't, as a Christian, do not rely on these checks. Okay, yeah, you take them and think of it as free spending money, mm -hmm. but do not not go to work so that you could take these checks. He's like, because then the brain gets soft. And it's like, and it'll eventually eat away at your discipline, your fortitude, your character, until the point where the enemy grabs hold of you and then you're entirely a ward of the state. Yep. And that's what our welfare system is, is that making generation after generation of, of uh, low, lower income families dependent on that yep. check so that they're never able to break the cycle of poverty. And that's exactly what the government's trying to do with the middle class here in this country by just constantly giving out free money, um, basically to keep the um, the citizenry complacent. The communities with the with the, the highest number of people on welfare, like uh, you know, Chicago, uh, New York, Los Angeles, is where you see the highest amount of crime and despair and homelessness. Right, welfare never no, works. No, never works. Because there's no incentive, and then no. it just creates this inner depression for this yeah. lack of. Right. Look at Baltimore. I mean, all these places have really high levels of people on welfare, and it just simply has never worked. It, it takes it really it takes your soul out of you, your desire to to be more. Because um, yeah. you just you just look at the the most exercise you get is walking out to the mailbox looking for that EBT card or the welfare check. Yeah, that's it. That's tragic. all you. It's it's horrible. And there's some of the most the people that are most overweight. Too, quite often because they're eating crappy food that they can afford pop tarts and right and also the food supply it was horrific that i was running a social service program in, Mar in maryland and the free food that they give the children was uh sugar bars like you know those mm -hmm. fruit bars but they're basically yep. entirely sugar and corn syrup and cheetos yep. and really really unhealthy food which was also a tragedy because then it leads to obesity and heart conditions, which makes it even harder for them to have jobs. Yep. It's tragic. Uh, Amy yeah. was just saying Ontario, uh, Canada just imposed another COVID lockdown until June. Yeah, see, that's what the thing about this COVID June. doesn't make sense is that some country, you know, we lift a mask mandate and then you had some people say another lockdown is coming. It's, it, there's no rhyme or reason to what the, the government's instructions to us. Right. So manipulative. When yep. you look at it, it's so uh, arbitrary and manipulative. Carol saying just uh, look out for the power outages. They're next. Oh, I've lived in countries all over the world where rolling power outages and rolling blackouts were. But, but in California where we have rolling blackouts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because of the idiot that's, you know, I, that was the other thing. I don't know. I said one last thing probably about 45 minutes ago. But uh, here we have this governor that I, somebody's given them praise because we have like a $75 million, billion dollar surplus. What do you think when you have the highest tax state, right? Locking down industry, lock, we, we don't have, all of our roads are just horrible roads. Like right? they're, they're half constructed half the time. There's, there's nothing going on. And uh, what do you think when you're that highly taxed and you have nobody, everybody's leaving, right? Lost the Congress. Yeah. Like, it, what's it? I, I just laid out all the, the expenses uh, of, uh, I forgot what my tax bill was something like $12,000. Uh, my property tax was like $9,000 for my property tax for last year. We got uh, eight point, what is the LA? 8.5 tax, mm -hmm. sales tax. Uh, my uh, truck registration was $900. Um, what else? Well, 
it's no wonder we have a surplus of 75. They're not doing anything for us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, people go, oh, look, we have a surplus. He's a great governor. No, no, he's not. Why do we have rolling blackouts? Black Why do we have forest fires? Forest fires that are just out of control because they won't they won't clear the forest. Other countries don't have these forest fires. They clear their forests. Right? He's not spending money on clearing the forest. That, which is just a bunch of goats, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be a bunch of goats. It could be just some big earth movers that move some of the stuff around yeah. so that's not catching on fire and, 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 and causing out of control fire. I mean, it's just really ridiculous stuff that's coming out of uh, our government, the state government and our federal government. Um, but uh, anyway, so be prepared. I know this wasn't a very happy one, but it's just you got to wake up. You guys got to get vocal. Uh, and the only thing I say to people that are still not saying stuff because they're afraid they're going to get fired. They're afraid that um, you know they'll lose a family member that will hate their guts. It's too bad because we're going to lose more than that if you don't wake up and speak up and uh, and start speaking out against this government that we have. Horrific people. All right. Anything On else? that note, we love you. <laughs> Stay well. Stay happy. Stay happy. Find the little joys in life. Yes. Yes. All right. That is all. I think. Unless you have anything else. No. Oh, what's happening here? What's popping up? These little things pop up every so often. Yeah. All right, we love you guys. Thanks for watching. Those of you on Twitch, Dr. Kaczynski, thanks for watching on Twitch. There's another Kaczynski, but I think it is just the Unabomber. Isn't it? What's the, what's the actor's name that played in in The Office? He was also in, uh, no, was that his name? Kaczynski? No, whatever. All right, my friends. We love you. God bless. Have a great evening. God bless America. God bless America. I right, take care. Bye. Bye.